Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Backing down a lefty hook, breaks it in. With your host, Gallius Anderson, stopped it down behind his head. Sekou Smith, the tipping is good at the buzzer. Now it's time for the tip. Uh, what's happening? Episode 41 of the Hang Time Podcast. About to jump off here. Uh, Sekou Smith, your host from the Hang Time blog at NBA.com. Got our star-studded cast over there behind the glass. Micah Hart, our super producer. Lane Krause pushing all the buttons. And look what's stumbling to the studio. What's happening, man? 3D, Dennis Scott. Yeah, yeah. Making his bi-weekly appearance yep. on the show. That's right. And, and 3D, you got somebody with you over here, man. Give him a hug now. Oh, give him a hug. That's Chicago. He's, he's a Bears fan. Old, yeah. yeah. He's Kevin Cottrell. Yeah. But I, I give him credit. He has his, his chest still stuck out <laughs> and taking his lumps like a real man. Hey, man. <laughs> still my team. Still my city. We, we appreciate you, Kev, no repping Chicago this week with us on the podcast. Guys. Before we we dive into all the good stuff that's going on in the NBA and it's going to be going on this week, we got to take a minute, just a quick hot second. Lots of sports went on this weekend, but only one NBA game on Sunday. I guess we cleared the path a little bit for those NFL games. We'll get to that in a minute. But with the midseason, you know, the midway point of the NBA season right now, how you feeling about all your predictions? Kev, I saw you tweeted yours out the other day. Yeah. I mean, you feeling you got you got more right than I did. So I mean, you got to be feeling good about what you thought going into this season. Everything's been falling into place. I mean, you know, the injuries have been the injuries, but what's been surprising to me it's it's five teams with thirty wins, and it's more in the East with thirty wins. Right, that's been interesting um, to see how the East is becoming to be more competitive as we all thought. But I mean, injuries has been a big part of the first half of the season. But it seems like some are dealing with them and, and some aren't. Yeah. That's a great point he brings up. Uh, we see what the New York Knicks are going through right now, that they're losing streak and the way the schedule is. But to Kevin's point, when guys have gone down, the better teams who had the deeper benches were able to over- overcome some of these injuries. Yeah. And now when you look at Amari Stoudemire and Raymond Felton, I think the six-game losing streak because those guys are tired. Yeah. They're you playing think, yeah, 40, 44 minutes because – who comes in? Yeah. I mean, nobody gets a rest on that team when they're starting five. And then when Gallinari went down, they were exposed even more. Uh, uh, Wilson Chandler was a starter. Now he comes off the bench. Mm-hmm. One game he had 16 rebounds, and the other night he only played 18 minutes. I'm yeah. like, Dan, Tony, what are you doing? Yeah. But so, so to Kevin's point, certain teams, you know, like Dallas, like Orlando, they've had injuries, but they were able to overcome them and keep winning. Yeah. Once again, episode 41 of the Hang Time Podcast. You're probably wondering where Lang Whitaker is. I heard he's out playing paintball. I don't paintball? Know. <laughs> I heard he's out playing. No joke now. And he'll probably come back next week and argue this and, and want to debate this. But I heard he was, no joke, playing paintball in L.A. with, like, all these Hollywood cats. This, no, this is what he does, man. Wow. This is what he does. So 3D, you got me, Sekou, in here, and Kevin Cottrell from NBA TV to research 
king, the, the man with all of the numbers and stats. When, when we need something around here, this is the man we come to. Kev, talk a little bit about what it is you do because I'm not sure people understand how vital you are to what goes right. on around here at night. Yeah, well, you know, on a nightly basis, we have anywhere from 5 to 12, 13 games. And a lot of times you have to prep beforehand right. with the matchups. want to see the history between the two teams. want to see key stats, who's hot, who's not, and get guys prepped up in our production meeting that you guys are familiar yeah. that we have and, and let guys know that, hey, you know, when, when this team plays this team, they, they, they normally shoot threes well, even though they don't shoot threes well on the season. Little, little tidbits. And then throughout the games, we want to follow trends we want to see if it, if a team's on a 16-0 run and who sparked the run and um I, I have a rule that i like to go by the first last sense rule so <laughs> last night i mean the other night when blake griffin had his you know his 20 and was well, 30 18 and 8 line and yeah. want to see hey is he the first rookie to do this who's the last rookie to do this right. or if it happens a lot of times it, you know it's the first time since something happened so right. a lot of times you just want to be on top of the games even before it happens and while they're going on just so you guys can Give it out to the world. So we, you know? so we look like we know what we talk about. Yeah, we can Go ahead and admit it. So we look like we know what we're Listen, saying. Listen, tell me, there's, there's, there's plenty of nights where I've had a stat backwards. Then I hear Kevin Mayer, no, 3 this, this. Then I come back on air live, yeah, right. I sound smart as a mug because Kevin was in my ear. Well, we got to be a team, you know. So That's the, right. the train yes, on sir. the bench got to keep the track of how many timeouts is going on. You can't do shoot the threes and know you got three timeouts. You can't right. do everything. That's so. right. Exactly. You got to get hey, – and, and I've been giving 3D the business on the jump every week because he called – the youthful fountain. We needed you that day. This dude, yeah, I'm talking. About, I was so I was laughing so hard I a couple weeks ago. God. He said the youthful fountain. I said, wait a minute. Well, you know what I was saying. Yeah, when Shaq had a good game, we were talking. I said, Big fellow, what are you doing? He said, Oh man, I've been to the youthful fountain. I said, oh, I got to take that to the show and get with the guys. <laughs> so now it's a new saying: the youthful fountain. The old guys are drinking out of it's still the fountain of youth. The fountain of youth. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Listen, bef- before we go, one more step. We got to take a quick sec to shout out. We got a global audience here, Kev, at the Hang Time Podcast. I'm talking about. Yeah. You, we need a globe, and we need to take some tax and just stick them in everywhere our people are, Micah. You know what I'm saying? Get a globe. We need a globe for the Hang Time Podcast. Anid Hervich from Bosnia, Bosnia sent us a shout last week. Yeah. Wow. EJ Demano from the Philippines. Petrus Petrides from Cyprus. You know? Do you? Did you realize we got ball fans on Cyprus? Wow. On Cyprus now. I'm impressed. And he and he sent me a thing. Like, he sent me a note. Let me know. Like, hey, don't think that it's just you know people in the states yeah. or you know Europe or South America. Like, y'all got we got a, we got an audience over there in the Mediterranean now. That's wow. the world. Wow. I had couscous for lunch today. <laughs> I mean, wow. as a yeah. I mean, we Julian Allegre from France. I mean, we we go all over. Uh, Alexander from Latvia sent me a tweet last week about the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. We we all got to brush up on our skills now. We, we we might have to start doing the podcast in another language. Just to make sure we so the podcast kind of help with world peace. Yes, man, Bring this it is, all together. We, uh, together. I don't know why we don't have a seat at the United Nations, but that's just me talking. <laughs> it's I mean, coming. It's yeah, coming. I mean, that's just me talking. But we we talked about you know Blake Griffin. You mentioned Kev. Some other these. What what do we do with this All Star team? The Western Conference is going to be. I mean, you could make arguments for. Seven or eight guys who are not going to yeah. be on that Western Conference All Star team. Who, if you look at it, who are the guys that you feel like have to be included that maybe are on that bubble right now, on that fringe right now? Uh, I'm, I'm still stuck with three guys: Monte Ellis, Blake mm-hmm. Griffin, and Kevin Love. Those three guys 
have been consistent the first half of the season. All their numbers are better. I mean, outside of Blake because he didn't play last year. But Kevin Love's numbers from last year, this number, sick. Yeah. Monte's numbers have gotten better because he's more efficient and the shooting percentages have come up mm-hmm. and the assists have come up. Could this be the year where some guys make the team kind of similar to Zach Randolph last year? I think right. Memphis may have been a game or two under 500, mm-hmm. but they gave him the nine because they were playing pretty good basketball. Yeah. But those three guys I'm talking about, it's just hard to deny. What is really an all-star? Is an all-star a guy that's consistent, has the numbers, right. or is an all-star a guy that has to be on a winning team? Did you see what Monte said? He did a, He did an interview with, with Mark me. Spears. Okay, and which, yeah, right. after he did the one with you, just like I think it was over this past weekend, he did a thing, and, and Mark kind of threw it at him. Uh, you know, that's our guy, Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports. He mm-hmm. threw it out to him like, you know, and Monte came back with a great answer. He's like, an all-star is not just the better players on the best teams. He said an all-star guy is, is a guy whose numbers and whose game speaks above yeah. and beyond whatever his team's record is. I think that's an age-old debate. You know, do you reward the, the, the good players on the best teams? And obviously you're going to have guys who are all-stars on really good teams that mm-hmm. have an ironclad case to be there, but – how do you how do you differentiate between here's that the, that third or fourth star on a good team or the guy who's leading a bad team? See, here's the thing, with Monte, I, I would tend to agree that yeah, he's an all star. But mm-hmm. only thing about Monte is his scoring is is twenty five twenty. He's going he's getting that every year. Right. But the effect on the team hasn't changed. Yeah. Whereas with Blake Griffin, it's like not only is this kid a rookie technically. Mm-hmm. But he came off this bad knee injury. He's jumping out of the gym, and he's making Clippers games a must-see. I mean, I seen Tina Thompson tweet the other night. She couldn't get a ticket to the game <laughs> because everybody wanted to go see Blake. And she's right. like, wow, all these, you know, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon now. That kind of have an effect of this guy is an all-star. Mm-hmm. Then you look at Kevin Love. He's leading the league in one of the most important categories of rebounding. Yeah. You can't really deny that. Now, you're going to have a lot of fans that – the wow factor isn't there with Kevin Love, and it right. could hurt him. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you kind of have to reward a guy like a Love. And Blake and Monte, to me, they both deserve to be an all-star. One of those guys going to get left out. Right. Just just not sure which right. one. Yeah. So you think Love You think Love would make it over uh, Blake Griffin? I think Love definitely would make it. Really? Wow. Well, the ba- if, you, if you're talking about consistency in numbers, Love's numbers are better. Yeah. Yeah. But Blake gives you that wow factor. Yeah. He puts butts in the seats mm-hmm. every night now. And a lot of my friends in L.A. is, oh, yeah, Kobe is. Have you seen Blake yet? <laughs> oh, yeah, Kobe and Powell buying yeah. himself. Hey, have you seen Blake yet? Yeah. It's like every breath after you t- talk about the Lakers, it comes the back Clippers to Blake. It, yeah. it comes back up now. That's a new That's a new wrinkle now. And, yes. the, and the Clippers are the host of All-Star Weekend. We got <laughs> to keep these things Great in mind. Point. Last time the All-Star game was in L.A., I was there. The Clippers hosted that weekend. Really? Nobody was talking about Nobody Clippers. was talking about Clippers. Me. Let me ask Nobody you guys this. Uh, y'all talking about the those three guys, but are you assuming that LaMarcus Aldridge and Zach Randolph are on the team, or are they off the team? Uh, Zach's probably all. I think LaMarcus Aldridge well, LaMarcus has, a good has chance. to be. Yeah, and and I've been getting bombed by people on uh, on Twitter, and, e- and my email has been loaded up about this from Portland fans who think we're leaving LaMarcus Aldridge right. out of that conversation with Blake Griffin and Kevin Love. like, And they point out the fact that in his head-to-head matchups with both of those guys, mm-hmm. that Lamarcus either battled to a stalemate or yeah. won the I, head-to-head. I will say this about Lamarcus: we actually um, had the well, we didn't have the game on our air, but we live looked at it a lot. The last time the Clippers played the Blazers, Lamarcus Aldridge was going at Blake Griffin, yeah. and I don't know yeah. if it was a personal thing, like, <laughs> hey, you know, I want to get All Star mention you, baby. because hey, it, it, that was a game where they were pumping up Lamarcus for the All Star game, and Lamarcus has carried this team despite. 12 people being injured right. with knee injuries. Right. And he continues to, you know, carry the team with double-doubles, and they're continuing to win. They're on a five-game win streak right now. Right. You know, and 
and that says a lot about a team with no Roy, no Camby. Yeah, all these guys, Greg Oden done yeah, for the Greg season. Ogden. I mean, Ogden. all this all this different stuff going on. I, You know what's weird is we have this great debate out West because we didn't even talk about the guards. Mm-hmm. You know, Westbrook and Oof. Chris Paul and Darren Williams and all these different guys, Steve Nash, right. you know, potentially not being, not making, yeah. you know, not making an all-star team, which is – it's two-time MVP we're talking about. They're still playing at a high level. Let's not get it confused. Well, the guard situation is so tough in the West. Steve Nash didn't make it when it was in Phoenix. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> right. and it's not like right. he has bad seasons. He yeah. just It's just that tough. Then in the East, you know, you look at the at the forecast, and it's like you can kind of slot yeah. the positions. You know, Amari moves into that mix now. Um, you know, all these different guys that you know will be where you expect them to be. You know, you got – obviously you got – LeBron James and Chris Bosh, they didn't change conferences, yeah. so they're still in the East. Mm-hmm. They're just on different teams, but they'll still have their normal all-star slots. You figure, I don't know, Do you? is Bosh is a clear-cut all-star this year, playing in Miami as the third wheel as opposed to being that number one guy in Toronto? Well, he's had some flashes, um, but I think early in the year you'd probably say no. When they won that big win streak, you were leaning more towards yes because they went from, what, five, jumped all the way up to two. Yeah. Yeah. Then you was like, okay, maybe you have to take the big three because of the way they're playing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not totally sold yet on Bosch. Yeah. Really? Because I, who? The, I mean, who would you think would get in over Bosch? I mean, do you give Al Horford a nod over a Bosch this year? Before Al guy, got, you know, a guy before, like, well, great, It's a great call. Before Al got hurt, that's where I was leaning. Mm-hmm. Shooting pretty much 60%, pretty yeah. much the whole mm-hmm. whole first half of the year. Double, uh, more double-doubles than last year. Really consistent. Mm-hmm. And when Joe went down, he stepped up right. along with Josh. And, that, and that's where I was going with before he got hurt. Now, this last injury, I think they said it was a little se- more serious than they thought. Yeah. So now he's kind of touchy-feely for the next two weeks. So. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Every year, though, we talk about this the other night, Kevin. Every year, there's always two or three guys making a short change. Somebody's not every going, year. Yeah, somebody's not making the trip. Who do you think? Who do you think could be the biggest bubble guy in the East right now? Who's the guy that's really sitting on the bubble that that might end up, you know, watching, you know, what's going on in LA instead of being there? To be honest, it might be Bosh, really, and, and it could be because of the injury. Like if right. you really think about it, like not saying it, you know. I mean, the injury shouldn't be able to re- be the reason, but he's not going to be a clear-cut starter. Right. So, you know, you got other guys. Like, to me, me personally, I think this is the year Josh Smith has to really be in, in consideration. A yeah. lot of people might look at me sideways, but Josh Smith does it all. Everything doesn't always show up in a in a, in a box score, but he's a guy. I mean, the, the Hawks are still 29 wins. Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> right there. they lost by 100 the other night. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, they still have 29 wins, and right. Josh has been a big reason. You know, Al has some games out. Joe has some games out. He's been, uh, He's been consistent. There, yeah. Other than Mike Bibby outstanding three-point shooting this year, yeah. Josh Smith has been a big reason. But I think Bosh might be that guy on the outside because if he can't get back going soon. Between then, yeah. Yeah, like, the, coaches, hey, team, yeah. the coaches may look elsewhere. And then we also, too, when we look at Boston now, because Boston has stayed steady with all their injuries, do they get three guys? Do they get a yeah. fourth guy? I don't we know talk about, about Ray f- Allen. We talk about Ray Allen. I know. I'm saying. Paul Pierce has been solid all MVP. year long. Paul Pierce has been, should be in the MVP conversation. I, at first, yes. we it's talked what, about I've that one for that sure. Yeah. Right? yeah, you said on the I've jump. And I thought about it. I, I think you're right. So that's where the, it gets a little convoluted is that if you we give that the best teams – extra players right. than the now those teams that have a guy that, that's playing well but on a losing team, he gets shortchanged. To be honest, it's only six teams in the East right now that deserves an all-star. Mm-hmm. Boston, Miami, Chicago, Orlando, Atlanta, New York. Yeah. So, see, because I don't see Gerald Wallace call. making it no. this great year call. like he great did call. a year ago. No. Right. No. There, you know, some of those guys would probably be out of that all-star mix. Right. The, the, real, the real dilemma is going to be what do you do 
and and there's no telling if this happens or not because we had 62 false alarms and <laughs> five callbacks. And but what if Carmelo gets moved to the east? To the east, right, the you know, end, yeah. at the last that'll second, and then up. well, that that'll definitely help the West problem with all these forwards <laughs> on the fringe, you know, yeah, getting guys ball. in. But for yeah. the East, because I mean, he would he would if he moves over, he not only brings his votes. Right. But, you know, he would have to get that consideration from the oh, coaches yeah. in, in the East as well. So, definitely. I mean, how I do you, you know. probably how, just start calling, you know, uh, Billy King and just be like, hey, man, <laughs> what, what do we need to do? Uh, Nyet is what you do. <laughs> Pro- Nyet. Mikhail Prokhorov right. made it clear last week. Nyet. Not taking too long. Yes, not going to happen. Um, but, I mean, in, in really thinking about Carmelo, what, what was your reaction to that thing? I was sitting on the, on the desk after we uh, got done taping the Western Conference midseason show last week, and, and Vince Jolene and I watched it as it was going down, and we were kind of laughing before the press conference. Somebody was in my ear. I think it might have been Tony Lamb was like, hey, you think anything, you know, this may be nothing. This, you know, he might not say anything, blah, blah, blah. On Russian Heritage Night in New Jersey, mm-hmm. the Nets' billionaire Russian owner, before he even gets to Russian Heritage Night, is like, let me just make it clear, too, by the way. We are done with this Carmelo Anthony thing. I mean, were you surprised – that he, not that they were washing their hands of it, but that they did it the way they did. Like the, the owner came out and did that in that setting. Me personally, I loved every bit of it mm-hmm. because now Prokhorov has let you know how he does business. He's a self-made billionaire, and he's not coming over here playing U.S. games. Right. Hey, that's how I took it. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. And people were asking me, you think he's serious? Well, until he showed me something different, yeah. I'm taking it as his word because that's what he's showing me. So I was just happy, one, because now guys on all, every team can go back to being who they are. Carmelo had 35 that yeah. night. Yep. That uh, New Jersey gets a big win against Utah. We know Utah's in a little funk, but to still go out there and finish mm-hmm. the ball game out after your owner steps up and says, look, mm-hmm. we've lost some games as of late because guys have been worried about are they getting traded? Yep. Do they got to get to sell their house? Do they got to get kids out of school? All these things that every professional player goes through. So I thought that was big for confidence for the Nets. I know when I saw it, I was like, wow. But then the first thing I thought about was when he put that billboard up outside of Madison Square Garden during free agency, chased it somewhere. This guy is serious. This is what he's yeah. about. He's about business. He doesn't play around. And it's funny. I know some stats are weird. This team is 5-2 and two when he's in the building. <laughs> So maybe he just so bring, he needs to just yeah. stick around. Maybe he just need to come on over and, yeah. and just and, and and really just implement his his way of doing things, his personality into the team, into the organization, and and maybe things would just hey start turning for the better. But this mm-hmm. guy's serious. I don't I don't understand why everybody took it as a big pump fake. Like he has this history of pump fakes. Yeah, over saying here. he's gonna do something. Yeah, like night, yeah. yeah. I guess this is everybody else's hope that their prediction of him being a net would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. You you mentioned that stack here. Five and two with him in the building. Might might be time to get that apartment in Secaucus. Yeah. Might yes. be time to get a spot, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, somewhere. You can go to Newark if you want, but, I mean, somewhere get close. Brownstone in Brooklyn. Some, you hey, there you go. There it is. There there get, get the Hustables old spot. Let's go get us a Brownstone. <laughs> and rent it out. Get, get, get Cliff's old spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, we, t- we talked about All-Stars and Kevin Love. And uh, before you guys showed up today, I had a chance to catch up with a good friend of the Hangtime podcast, guy you guys both know very well, Kevin McHale mm-hmm. of NBA and TNT, of NBA TV, excuse me, and TNT, has some real interesting thoughts about exactly what we're talking about, about all-stars, who fits where, and really, Kevin Love, think about it now, draft night, OJ Mayo, Trade, Kevin yeah. Love, they got swapped, and remember right. he, was getting bond, he, was getting, he was getting beat up about this at yeah, the time, was. a lot of people thought McHale was crazy for giving up the rights to OJ Mayo, you look at it now, O.J. Mayo's talked about 
getting moved in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love talking about being an all-star. But let's let's check out what he said, and then we'll kind of talk about that when he's done. Joining us now on the Hang Time Podcast, one of our favorites, one of your favorites. You've seen him on TNT, on NBA TV, Kevin McHale. How are you, Kevin? I know I know you're up in the uh, frozen uh, frozen north right now. You're right. not down here. Believe me, it's frozen. I'm leaving today. I'm coming down to Atlanta, and frozen is right. What an honor I get to talk to the great Sekou Smith. <laughs> well, listen, we, we've been talking about on the show here the last few weeks this all-star debate, and uh, Kevin Love is your guy. I mean, you, yeah. I, I know you traded O.J. Mayo's rights away for Kevin Love, so you obviously saw something in love when not a, a lot of other people maybe saw it. What was it about his game that you loved at draft time, and what do you see out of him now? A great nose for the ball. You know, I knew he'd rebound. Now, look, I'll be the first to tell you, I didn't think that he'd be getting – I think he's got over 30, like six or seven times this year. I didn't – I didn't in, in 41, 42 games. I didn't see that. I didn't see him scoring as much as he's scoring right now. But Sam is a great – just a great uh, nose for the ball, really understands – the game and could really pass it. I, I envisioned him when we drafted him to put him kind of up in the elbow like C. Webb and uh, Brad Miller and Vlai Divac was in some form of that uh, Sacramento offense that they ran with those splits and the high post. Love that offense. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought he'd be great in that. And I tell you what, the kid has um, exceeded. And you got to remember, he's just such a young guy, too. I mean, it's all those guys. I call them, the, there's that whole group of guys of Westbrook and Kevin Love and, and, and Rose. Mm-hmm. And they're all the barely legals, I call them. They can't <laughs> even go into a club. So they're all the barely legals. And, but they're playing great. Well, what about these, I mean, the 31-30 game, everybody talks about that when he, you know, he goes out and gets the 30 points and 30 rebounds. But it's not just one or two nights like that. I mean, the guys, he's been getting double-doubles since Halloween. I mean, it's, it's been nonstop. I agree. One of the funnier statistics I heard, because you know, everybody starts just piling off statistics. They, they go like, oh, yeah, and he's had over 15 rebounds, I, you know, whatever it was, like, you know, 22 times. I said, yeah, he averages 15.7. If you average over 15 <laughs> rebounds, you usually get it quite often. I, mean, I started laughing because he's so much – you look at the amount of rebounds over 15, he's like doubled what everybody else has got. You yeah. know what I mean? The guy, the guy is just – he really is amazing, and he's playing so well, and I would love to see him make the all-star team for him because, uh, Seiko, I'm telling you and all the listeners, when you're on a bad team, there's very little love to go around. I mean, you're getting, you're getting beat up, and the coach is screaming, you're watching film. You know, honestly, you feel like the dog that just never gets off the back porch. Like, he, you know, he never get in the house. And uh, it'd be nice just to get some love because you just, it's just love for Kevin Love. But it would be as nice for him to get some. Because like I say, man, you're just uh, – you know, you just you just feel so bad when you lose all the time. Yeah, the, that debate with he and and Blake Griffin. Do you think? But I think both those guys should be on that all, that Western Conference All Star team. I, call me crazy, but the stuff they're doing is not just fly by night stuff. This is stuff that transcends to to whatever era. I would think. I agree. I mean, they're, they're, for those two guys are just so effective for their teams, and Blake Griffin's Griffin's ability to not only put highlight you know, material up every single night. But all-star numbers is amazing because some, some of those highlight guys, you, you, you see him on, on, you know, on, on, on the highlight show and you go like, wow, yeah, three highlights of the guy, and the guy has nine points and three rebounds. <laughs> Everything they do is, like, phenomenally exciting. He puts up huge numbers all the time. Look, at my, my whole thing was I agree with you. I, I, I really change. You know, I, I, I just wish the league would go to forwards and guards mm-hmm. and put seven – 
front court players, just forwards. You know, it doesn't matter. You know what? If the best players in the Western Conference are all power forwards, we'll play them. Yeah. And if the if the best if the best players are all point guards in the um, in, in you know in the Western Conference, but I, I tell you, I think I might be able to live with uh, CP3, uh, Darren <laughs> Williams, Russell Westbrook. I think I could maybe do something with those guys if I was coaching. Oh, no doubt you know, about it. So I, I really, I really, I'm with you, Seiko. I hope, I hope they both make it. Yeah. Well, I know TNT Thursday night got a huge, huge, uh, you know, lineup this week, and I know you're in the studio, going to be, uh, you know, breaking it all down. Heat Knicks and the Celtics Blazers. I'm curious. This, this, this Heat team. Every time somebody goes down, you look at it and go, well, who's the most valuable, or who can they afford not to lose? But when LeBron is out there. To me, it's the only time they look like an otherworldly bunch is when LeBron is a part of the mix. When he's not, they look like a good team, but not a great team. Couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm telling you what. Now, LeBron was the MVP the last two years uh, with Cleveland. That same team, essentially that same Cleveland team, may win 15 this year. They yeah. won 61 last year with that guy. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think he's the glue. That guy is phenomenal. I think what they've got to get to, they're like 1-7, 1-8 in, in, in close games right now. Mm-hmm. What they've got to get to is they just got to understand that LeBron is phenomenal. He's going to keep you in games, and I still think Dwayne Wade's a better closer. So once they kind of get that down, let D. Wade put the ball on the floor, tell him, hey, take over, drive, go to the hole, get, like, get, get to the way you were when you won the championship down there in Miami. Get into the line, you know, 10 12, 14 times. Put your head down. If I see that team jack up one more three as the buzzer's going down when they need a basket with two of the best drivers on the floor, I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, put it on the floor and get to the rim. You know, let let Dwayne or let uh, LeBron do all the stuff he does beautifully, but close with Dwayne. Yeah. Kevin, do you think, looking at everything that's going on these first few months of the season, do you change your your thoughts about the 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 season and what you predicted in you know in, in training camp, or do you still see the same teams in position to do everything you thought they would at the end of the season? Well, you know, I, I, I really picked Miami coming out of the preseason. Just thought, you know what, they're going to get it going. And Man, they won 21 out of 22. They're looking good. But they were 9-8, and eight, wasn't looking too smart. And uh, so, you know, it, it, I still think Miami's got a chance. But I, the more I watch Boston and just, their ability to win a million different ways. They're going to get Kendrick Perkins back here. They'll end up with Delonte West. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you're going to see Doc. Doc, by the way, I think is just such a good coach. He should be in. He should, he's got to be talked about as coach of the year. Just again, just putting a whole new team of guys, bringing new guys, uh, Shaq and the O'Neals and uh, Jermaine and Shaq, and, and getting them involved. But then you know, just, just Rondo goes out. They keep winning. Kevin Kevin Garnett goes out. They keep winning. And he's done a great job. I just say right now. If they can maintain their health and keep, you know, the core group together and healthy, Rondo, uh, Garnett, uh, Pierce, and Ray Allen, I, I just don't know who's going to beat them in a seven-game series. So I'm kind of I'm leaning a little bit more towards uh, towards the Celtics and uh, a little bit. And I, by the way, I, I did not like Orlando. Really? Until they made the until they made the moves, uh-huh. I really like them now that they made the moves. They can they can score the ball and their ability to pass the ball. Seiko has improved tenfold after the, after after the trade. Yeah. We can't let you go without you know asking what's the mood up up in that region of the country this morning. I know I know Jay Cutler is the goat of uh the entire state of Illinois and probably beyond. A, a big big win for the Packers obviously. Vikings n- no longer a part of the conversation, but what what are you hearing out there about this guy that that decides not to play in basically the biggest game of the season? 
Yeah, there's a lot of discussion about that. It'll be interesting to see what the MRI results of his knee come out and say. Boy, if they come out and say, you know, nothing, <laughs> he, he, he will not be like, but I tell you what, for Vikings fans, Green Bay playing the Bears is like, do you want to get hung or do you want to get shot for your execution? There's no winner. It's just, it's all bad, Seiko. Let me tell you something right now. All bad for us purple fans. I, I hear you, Kevin, man. And listen, travel safe. Try and beat the cold. We'll see you Thursday night on TNT. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, always fun, Seiko. Take care, bud. Okay, sir. Thank you. I hate to to tear open the wound that's that's barely healed from from this weekend's uh, healed. That thing's still bleeding <laughs> from this yeah. NFC Championship game. Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and we mentioned that you are Chicago. You know, I don't know what what's the what does it rank? You remember how T. Lou used to always say biggest dude in wherever, and T. Lou would be Tyron Lou would always yeah. make this joke whenever we'd be on the road somewhere. He'd be like, biggest dudes in Los Angeles, me. Hugh Hefner, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, he go down the list of guys. Right. Yeah. Chicago, uh, you know, Ditka, Hallis, Ditka, Jordan, Jordan, Kev, Ditka, I mean, Ditka, Derek Rose, D Rose, D Rose, you know, Devin Hester. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're all I'm, mixed in. This has got to this has got to tear your heart out to know yeah. that you were this close to the Super Bowl again. You know, getting back to the Super Bowl and having a chance to maybe you know, give a better performance than you did. And this guy misses a game. Jay Cutler sits out with a thing, with basically an owie yeah, what on I, his knee. I mean, the, the word we're just getting is that it's just an MCL sprain. Oh, my goodness. As a fan, as a Bears fan, Chicagoan, I want to I wanna defend him because it's like I've seen this guy get sacked more than any player this year. Right. This guy's only missed one game with a concussion. He was sacked ten times on national TV against the Giants, <laughs> kept coming back play after play. He plays with diabetes. We can't we can't forget that you fact. Can't minimize that, a lot bro. of people don't you know don't, don't know what that could be like. But to hear that it was just an MCL sprain, even if it was more than an MCL sprain, his demeanor on the sideline, not being engaged with the backups, because we went through two of them before yeah. Kayla Haney put up 14 points, and not to look over pitchers and just be that guy. I mean, Brett Favre, I hate the guy as a, as a, as a Bears fan. Right. But when Brett Favre was knocked out by the Bears, and those last two games he couldn't put on a shoulder pad, he was still there cheering the guys on. He was yeah. still there looking over pitchers with guys. And that's what you want to see out of your team. You want to still see, I care. We shut Aaron Rodgers out for three quarters after this tremendous first quarter, which means the Bears still had a chance. Yeah. You still had a Hester who could have made a re- – you know, anything could have happened with Erlacher get his return. And you just never saw Jay Cutler look like, oh, man, we're in this thing. Let me get – you know, mm-hmm. despite what's going on with me, let me get up. Let me get up for this. You know, I, I mean, as a teammate, that's what you want. And we didn't get that out of him. And that's probably the biggest thing other than the fact that it was against the Packers. Right. It was against, like I told you guys earlier, the Falcons, number one team in the NFC. And we're in the dome where Matt Ryan rarely loses. And this happens. It's like, yeah, we don't have a chance anyway. Yeah. But against the Packers. At home. At home. we, You know, they when, they, when Aaron Rodgers took that shot, he came up spitting blood. I'm like, my boy still has a chance. Yeah. And then every time he flashed the color, it just made me want to just say, man, we're done. Yeah. We're done. So that, that, that hurts. 3D, that hurts. let me ask you, game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, and Nick Anderson gets a high ankle sprain. He walks to the bench. And if he told y'all, look, you know, I can walk on it, but I don't think I can run on it. You know, I'm, I'm going to shut her down. And he's, then he sat on the bench with a towel over his head and leaned back in the chair and kind of joked and played around. Games Now, this is the biggest game of the season now. 
And care. you and you lose, and he was an integral part of what you do. How right. how how bad is that uh, argument in the locker room after the game? It's it's a bad argument, but more importantly, he. The tension would be so thick, you can take a baby knife and cut through it. That's how the tension would be. Right. Because so many players talk about, oh, I can't wait for that chance to get to the playoffs. Oh, I can't wait for that chance to play, have a great year and make an all-star team. I die to be for a game seven situation. Unless your ankle or knee is dangling, unless the doctor is saying, look, you can't move. I mean, it has to be that drastic. You, You have to give that effort of, I'm sorry, teammates. Uh, uh, the doctor has told me that it's broken in three places. I'm going to try to play, but I can't move. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of warrior you want, right. especially football. Especially football. Yeah. We're, not, we're, we're not talking about badminton. We're talking about football. <laughs> every play, it's a crash. Every play, there's a hit. Every play, someone can get hurt. So don't tell me yeah. that your knee hurts. I think the other problem that a lot of people and fans are having, whether you were in Chicago or not watching the game, is that First of all, there is no MRI done. So that means only you really know Know how how bad you are at that point. They did an x-ray, and there's no bones broken. That's all they can do in the back, in the locker room, when they walked off early at the end of the second half. I mean, the first half. So when you come back and you go in that first series, it's like, you know what? Give me a shot or put a brace on it, whatever you got to do. Block it out. Put me in shotgun, coach, just to give me a chance to get the ball out of my hands. He doesn't have to cut. Yeah, he's, not, he's, he's not Michael Vick. Right. He's not like he's going to run. You're for not him. Vick. Yeah. You're not Devin Hester with returning punts. We just need you to deliver the ball because you know the offense. You've taken all the reps throughout the season, yeah. and we trusted Caleb Haney, a guy. And, he, hey, you got to love his effort. Again, he put up 14 more points than Cutler. Cutler did, yeah. and, and he tried. You Actually, know. he helped himself. That's what I'm saying because now he's he a free agent. Himself. He's yeah. a free agent. And now his stock goes up. That yep. mean, you know, So it, it just looks bad on a guy that the Bears have to live with. Now for Chicago fans out there, the only bright side to this story is he doesn't have a long-term deal. <laughs> they only gave him a three-year extension when run they traded him out of for town. him. Yeah, I mean, not saying run him. Hey, you know, but it's a lot they have to reevaluate now that they hear that it's just a sprain. You know, yeah. there has been guys on the Bears who play with sprains. Yeah. You know, a, a, a few of the old linemen have done so. So it's not looking good for color right yeah. now. Yeah, let me add the 3D. Is there a code for athletes that, you know, I saw Brian Erlocker defended him. After the game, immediately after, like, hey, he's one of the toughest guys on the team, blah, blah. But then I saw the tweets of numerous NFL, NBA, other professional athletes even questioning the toughness. Is that – did he break a sacred trust in terms of he left his his moxie and his toughness, you know, let that be in question now by his actions in this game? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you give Erlacher, you know, credit for, you know, stepping up for him and – being a team captain and leader and being with the uh, the Bears his whole career. But when you sit back and reflect on this each day that goes by, like Kev said, this is your starting quarterback that's taking 99% of the snaps all year long. Yeah. You're at home. The crowd's supporting you. It's cold. Yeah. It's snowing. A little bit of rain. It's classic football that you played as a kid. Mm-hmm. And everybody's ever played football. You go out in front of y'all, hey, you on my team, you on my team. Oh, yeah. Everybody got gloves on or you use socks for gloves because you didn't have no gloves back in the day. And you went out there and played football. And that's the part for me as a football guy growing up as a kid. Yeah. I, I was like, come on, dude. You know, it's something else I started to question, too. You know how you got in the NBA, there's a lot of seven-footers walking around, and you say the game chose him. Mm-hmm. And they ain't really luck. You know, mm-hmm. this guy has a guy-given talent when it comes to throwing that ball around, but he has that all-shucks-who-cares attitude no matter what happens. You know, yeah. after the four-interception game with D'Angelo Hall, I throw at him again. Some people like the arrogance. Other people question it. But when you're a leader of a team, 
the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. We're talking about <laughs> one of the oldest franchises in the NFL. You kind of have to love the game. I mean, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that people want to see. Do you love the game? Mm-hmm. Is it just because you can throw the ball around and it looks good and, and and that's just fine enough with you? If if so, you might have to reevaluate your profession. Well, at least you got D. Rose in Chicago to, yeah. to think mm-hmm. about. And I got to thinking about some of the great comebacks from injury mm-hmm. in the NBA. And, uh, you know, you uh, Willis Reed all, automatically comes to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, Isaiah. Yeah. Whether or not it was legit, a lot of people questioned how hurt he was, you know, playing on that gimpy wheel oh, yeah. against the Lakers and playing great, mm-hmm. you know, and just doing fantastic things. Even Paul Pierce a couple years ago, what did he get? The wheelchair. Yeah, getting tooled around in a wheelchair. Yeah. There's something about, and Micah, you tell me if I'm wrong, but there's something about a, a fallen warrior coming back and playing on that injured limb. The Jordan Field game. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that that – galvanizes a team and kind of makes you play above your head. I thought the I thought the Bears in that instance played Caleb Haney played above his head because that's adrenaline. Yeah. And you might get adrenaline working for the next quarter, you know, or whatever. But it's even greater for the rest of the guys mm-hmm. if Jay Cutler is out there exactly. doing what Isaiah did or doing what Paul Pierce did or doing what Willis Knowing Reed did. He's injured. Knowing that he's injured. We don't really know exactly. at home. Exactly. But they know. They exactly. saw him in the locker room at halftime. I mean I can't imagine that is are these? I mean, these guys are tougher than Jay Cutler. These NBA guys who, who you know, get up after spraining an ankle or tearing something and and play through. I mean, we have instances of guys playing through severe mm-hmm. injuries and and not not taking the easy way out, going you know, over there and sitting you know, on the sideline. You know who's playing on a knee injury right now and. They just played against my Bulls, and I saw the game. I said, he shouldn't be playing. Dirk Nowitzki. Exactly. Yep. Dragging seven, his knee seven around. Seven-footer yeah. dragging his knee around. As long as he gets to his sweet spot, he feels like yeah. he can get the job done. Right. That's what you want to see. You just right. want to see the effort. Right. You know. Let me ask you guys this, because I feel like some of this with Cutler, it's not just about the injury. It also seems to be about people's just dislike of him. I mean, it just yeah. seems like he's one of the most disliked <laughs> well, people uh, in the NFL. And I guess I'm curious, especially from you, 3D, like, What's it? I mean, what's it like when you play with or against a guy that people just despise as a person for no reason? Like, well, I mean, like, or with, not for no reason, but yeah, they're, without they're say, yeah. you know, without fail. I mean, they're just not gonna like him. Well, the reason that I think most people don't like him is because of his attitude. One and Kev brought up the great point of historically coming out of college, you didn't look at him as a guy that was full of passion. And when we talk about Blake Griffin so much, you see how much passion oh, and desire he plays with? You don't see that in Jay Cutler. And I think that's why a lot of people aren't crazy about him because he makes a lot of money, and that kind of irritates some fans that a guy can make the money that he make and he doesn't bring that passion and work ethic every day to the game. And, and may he rest in peace, but Brian Williams, a.k.a. Bison Daylight, yeah, that was a guy that came kind of – Went to practice, played the game, just kind of went with the flow because he was 6'10 and he had great skills, but he didn't love the game. He didn't crave the game like you see some of the other players. That's, I mean, I, it, it just, this opens up such a can of worms, I think, just sports wise, not just mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. NBA and the NFL, but just overall. Think about it. Every time there's these sorts of things, like, and, and the flip side is how much is too much? You remember Kurt Schilling playing? With the bloody sock. With the bloody sock. Yep. Brett Favre playing it, and after the game, you see his ankle look like, yeah. you know, the uh, elephant ankle. Watermelon I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like we always get a chance to to examine the toughness, you know, that, that intestinal fortitude a guy mm-hmm. has. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you win without it because all of the champions we've seen. Look, think about the NBA. When's the last 
finesse bunch won an NBA title. Oh, and you can talk about the Lakers all you want, but they had to get their lips busted a few years ago by the yes, Celtics they before they won yep. these back-to-back championships. When's the last time you saw a team that didn't have that kind of – that fiber of toughness mm-hmm. running through them win a championship in any of these sports? Like, I don't know, I don't know how you do that without – your your main guy, your yeah. leader, having that kind of grit. It's 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 funny that you say it's about to change things. I wonder now when quarterbacks are being evaluated in the draft, how would they be looked upon? It's almost it might it may almost be like the Cutler rule now. Like, <laughs> let me look how many times you've been sacked in college, how right. many games you've missed. Because to Cutler, it's, it's kind of hard. Because for Cutler, I think he, I saw a stat he's played over 114 games mm-hmm. when it comes to college and pro, but he's only missed one, and that was this year. Yeah. So at one part, you say, well, this guy must be kind of tough. Then again, then after that, okay, okay, toughness, check. Yeah. Attitude. Yeah. You know, this guy cares, this guy passionate. It's not just always about looking at film. How fiery fiery is he in the huddle, you know, on the field? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he may have really messed it up for a few <laughs> a few nonchalant, calm, collective guys who could be coming out of the draft <laughs> losing millions of dollars because of the cutler rule, man. Well, I, it just it makes me wonder, you know, we always rank players in all these different ways. Yeah. I would love to rate do a nice comprehensive ranking of NBA players, not based on who's the best three-point shooter and you know, all these stats that I know a lot of people, you know, pile up. But who's who's the guy that's the toughest? Like it's funny that you, you say won't that. in the, in the foxhole. With so you. we had Jerry Stackhouse in with us a few nights ago, and mm-hmm. I pulled Jerry to the side. I said, Jerry, where does your tough reputation come from? I said I've watched a lot of basketball in my life, and I just haven't seen you, you know. Chokehold people just to make. <laughs> he said. I, he said I did. A, I do a lot of things when the camera isn't around. You know, right. whether it's in the tunnel approaching a guy on my team or on the opposing team, or just sometimes it's being locked in my energy, my focus. And a lot of times it's like that's where you get your rep from. And if a lot of guys, you hear a lot of the stories about in Denver when it comes to Cutler about things that he did or didn't do based on his attitude mm-hmm. that gets out. And when people get a whiff of. This guy is has a terrible attitude, like DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. You know, not to throw him under the bus, but he had a reputation that came to the league with him. Yeah, and yeah. so far, he Spotty, has, yeah. yeah, so far he hasn't done much to to dispel that. So it's I, it's just a. I mean, I know you got a million other things to do, Kev, but maybe me, you should do a little bootleg project. Now, we sit down yeah. and just kind of come up with who are the toughest, rank the top twenty toughest cats in the league. And I mean. Mm. And, and I heard this story. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I, I'll mention this. Somebody mentioned this to me years ago when I covered the Pacers, and they were, I was getting talking to an, a scout, and he was giving me a breakdown on why. This was bef- the year the Pistons ended up winning the championship, but the mm-hmm. Pacers had the best record in the league, like the best regular season record. And I was asking him for a story. I was doing like, breaking down if they met in the playoff, in the conference finals, what you know, where would the, these two teams, how would the matchup break down? And the one thing he told me was, Detroit's point guard, talking about Chauncey, is tougher than the Pacers' point guard, who at the time was Jamal Tinsley. And he was saying that. That was the difference. Yeah, he was saying that's going to be the difference in in the Pistons winning and getting to the finals over the Pacers if they meet in the playoffs. And he was saying that Chauncey's toughness in the in the heat of a game, mental toughness his one, mental yeah. toughness yeah. and the fact that he won't back down, the fact that he'll take that big shot, right. gives them an edge that the Pacers didn't have because Tinsley was a guy, and this was a great observation of his that I kind of paid attention to after that, and he was dead on. He was like, Tinsley's the kind of guy that when things go bad, he gets frustrated and does silly things and, you know, does things out of frustration, you know, and that you cannot have a guy that's like that if you're trying to win championships. 
And I started watching Tinsley at the end of games that they were losing. Like, they'd be down six points mm-hmm. with, you know, two minutes left. And Tinsley would get a crazy foul. A charge. Or something, yeah, something preposterous because he'd be frustrated and didn't know how to – he was a young point guard at the time, mm-hmm. maybe, his, you know, third or fourth year maybe even. He didn't know how to combat this went wrong, so what do I do now? We had a guy like Chauncey who'd been around the block a little bit, mm-hmm. had developed kind of that thicker skin, yeah. and he knew how to – handle himself in a tense situation. Maybe a guy like Cutler hasn't developed that thicker, you know, skin and that toughness, you know, maybe. Or maybe he doesn't have it. This I, I go all the way back to when he was being drafted, and like you brought up a good point, they start showing all the highlights mm-hmm. and different things. I didn't see the passion then. Yeah. I'm going. I think. I think Kevin mm-hmm. hit it right on the head. When you watch the guy, he just doesn't seem passion. He doesn't seem like a guy that yeah. walks in the locker room. Let's go, guy. We about to yeah. get this today. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go, care. Let's go. Say cool. Yeah. G- give me some time, guys, so I can find. I right. don't see that when I look at a uh, color. It's a couple of things. I, <clears throat> you want to see the guy throw an interception, look at the receiver, and say, "My bad." Yeah. You want to see that, and 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 a lot of things. Like I play football, and my coach is one thing that's always stuck with me, and I always joke about this. But my coach, said, I can give you everything in the equipment room except a heart, and it's not something he can develop. It's not something he can learn to do. It's something he obviously just doesn't have when it comes to his attitude, and it shows. However, you are on the inside when in the, in the face of adversity, that's what's going to show on the outside. Yeah, you know somebody. I can't remember which player, which one of you guys had talked to. You know, so many of you guys, three D. And I asked him about Jordan, obviously my favorite player being in Chicago and whatever. And he said the one thing about Jordan was you can say, hey, Mike, I bet you can't hit this three. And Mike isn't going to try to prove to you he can make the three. He's going to continue getting to his spot, giving you the 40. (laughs) And that's mental toughness, like being able to block out everybody saying, hey, color, you're worse, you're this, you're that. Instead of trying to show him up by throwing the – Throwing at him four times. Exactly. You're going to continue to make the smart play, continue to shred people and say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win regardless of what everybody else thinks I should do. Yeah, I I just think it it drives home a a larger point. And it's one reason why I love – NBA playoff basketball. And, you know, that, that separation of the guys who are tough enough yep. mentally to to grind through whatever's going on and finish. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's to me it's a it's a huge study in athletes to to find out who has that and who does not. And I'm three D, do you know at a young age, I mean, Kev and I played sports in high school, but we right. didn't get a chance to play the high level of college baller than the pros like you did. Do you know at a young age if you have that trait or not? Like, do you know, you know, at 17, 16, 17, I'm, I'm the guy that takes this big shot? I think it's a little bit younger. You start mm-hmm. developing that in like sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. you know, when the game's tight, you, you just, you want the ball. Yeah. And you, you've seen certain guys over the year, fourth quarter game's tight. You've seen set more screens. You've seen <laughs> looking at the basket because he don't want the ball. Right. Or you see other guys like, give, give me the ball. Thing. Come on, yo, call my, give me the ball. Yeah. Those are those kind of guys you want to be around. Yeah. And other guys, they just kind of hide. And I think that separates the great ones from the good ones. Yeah. And when you look at our league, too, late in the game, who wants the ball? D-Wade wants the ball. LeBron right. wants the ball. Right. We know Kobe wants the ball. Oh, yeah. Now LaMarcus Aldridge has turned that corner of being Nasty, a big yeah. guy. Now he wants the ball. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook Derrick now. Rose, like yeah. some of these young Rondo, some of oh, these younger guys now. They want that they ball. Want the, yeah. They want the ball. I want to be a hero. And if I miss, I want to be the GOAT because that's how I feel about yeah. myself. And that's the kind of thing you want from your quarterback and your point guard. That's why we all you compared yeah. to yeah. if yeah. you got a strong point guard you can have pretty much four okay guys as long as they set screens rebound and make open shots mm-hmm. the way Derrick Rose has been carrying the team that's why we had to give him some MVP talk just think about it 
Boozer was down. Yeah. Noel was down. Who else on that team really? Think about it. Really, you really want your team going down the stretch. Yeah. Dang, come on. We like Dang, but he's Dang hasn't been yeah, right. Dang hasn't been who we thought Dang was going to be. Right. Yeah. So Derrick Rose has proven I'm mild mannered. Give me the basketball. He looked behind it. Come on, guy, let's go. That's what you want out of your quarterback. Yeah. Michael, we're gonna be in trouble because I don't. People are gonna be like, "Is this an NFL podcast?" Or? <laughs> nah. NBA, I mean, but I think it. I think it's. It strikes a, a larger point about the makeup of these athletes. Yeah, right? yeah. And do you have guys who have the 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 guts to be the dude to take that shot on the line to stand in there and take the lick and well, play injured? To, and- to, to, to all the diehard podcast following, you look at the top eight teams in the East, the top eight teams in the West. Look at their point guards. How many yeah. of those point guards you say, you know what? Each night you look yep. at him and say, no, we got a chance to win. Yeah. I don't care who's hurt. I don't care who we have going in. But as long as I have this guy mm-hmm. run the show for me, I, I feel confident yeah, yeah. I can win that game that night. It's yeah. definitely a point guard-driven league now. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's why this, to the conversation of quarterback to point guard, I yeah. think it's a great conversation today after yesterday's uh, football performance. Yeah, and I feel good because we, we have Kev on the podcast and, you know, we, this could have been a – we could be talking Super Bowl all day. Mm-hmm. We could have been talking his Bears going yeah. to the Super Bowl, his Bulls yeah. getting ready to go to the NBA Finals. This, like I know and, he's been talking. I and, mean, and just so people know, this wasn't planned because the Bears <laughs> lost. Right, 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 you know? right, right. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we'll get revenge against the Bucks tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Kevin Cottrell, 3D Dennis Scott. want to also thank Kevin McHale for joining us this mm-hmm. week. Episode 41 of the Hang Time Podcast. Lane Krause behind the glass, along with our super producer, Micah Hart. Seku Smith, NBA.com, the Hang Time blog. Lane Whitaker will be back next week. Kev, I know you're super busy downstairs. you got to come join us more. Tell them, 3D. We, hey. we, we get it in up here, sir. We get it in up here, man. Episode 41 of the Hang Time Podcast in the books. Join us next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seku and Lang on Twitter at SekuSmithNBA and Lang with it. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do.